Let us open our Bibles to the fourth chapter of Romans. Romans chapter 4. While you're turning there, I'll read to you the short verse of Genesis chapter 15 and verse 6, which is repeated several times in this fourth chapter of Romans. God brought Abraham forth and told him to look toward heaven and count the number of the stars if he could. And he said, so shall thy seed be. And he believed in the Lord. And he counted it to him for righteousness. Amen. That's all Genesis 15, 6 says. There's no elaboration. There's nothing else around it. He believed in the Lord. And the Lord counted it to him for righteousness. Much abuse has been made of that verse. And we're very thankful what light the Lord has given us on it. And I want to share a few verses from Romans chapter 4 about that verse. Romans chapter 4 is entirely about the justification of Abraham, the father of the Jews. Remember that Abraham was declared righteous before he was circumcised. Abraham was declared righteous 400 years before God even gave the law to Moses. And so the argument is brilliant by the apostle to take the Jews back to the father of their entire nation, and the one that above all men they knew was the friend of God and was righteous and showed that it was without circumcision and without the law. But I'm going to show you more. Romans 4, 3. For what saith the Scripture? And this is Genesis 15, 6. Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Then verse 9. Cometh this blessedness then upon the circumcision only or upon the uncircumcision also? And we better hope that it comes upon the uncircumcision also because that's what we are, even if you're circumcised, because he's referring to a cultural, racial, national heritage. For we say that faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. There it is, instead of the word accounted, it's reckoned. In verse 9, how was it then reckoned? When he was in circumcision or in uncircumcision? Not in circumcision, but in uncircumcision. And he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith, which he had yet being uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all them that believe, though they be not circumcised, that righteousness might be imputed unto them also. And that's you and me. Verse 16, Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. The father by example of his faith. And then verse 22, And therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. Now in this passage, it was count, his faith was counted to him for righteousness. It was reckoned to him for righteousness. It was imputed to him for righteousness. Now pay attention. Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him. Genesis 15.6 was not written merely for you to know about Abraham. But for us also, to whom it shall be imputed, 
if we believe on Him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. The Lord Jesus Christ died and was buried for our sins, and He was raised again to justify us. We show that we are the ones whose sins He died for. and We show that we are the ones that are justified by having the faith of our father Abraham, and it's reckoned to us as the evidence and proof of that righteousness. Because it's the righteousness of the faith that He had. Now you don't have faith in order to get righteousness, The righteous man had faith because the faith was righteousness itself and he that doeth righteousness is righteous as the epistle of 1 John would tell us. So here we have the verse mentioned in in Romans 4.3, in Romans 4.9-11 where it tells us very plainly that Abraham was declared righteous before he was circumcised. I love verse 16. Therefore it is of faith. The gospel of Jesus Christ is a completed transaction by the Lord Jesus Christ and we simply show the evidence of it by faith in order for it to be entirely by grace to get the promise to all the seed. Because if man's dependability or man's performance is the least bit included, then the promise is not going to get to all the seed. But it is entirely of grace and it is evidenced by faith. And it's a wonderful verse there. But I want you to notice verse 23, it was not written for his sake alone. Genesis 15, 6 was not just written for Abraham. Abraham never read Genesis 15, 6. And nobody needed to know whether Abraham was righteous or not because the whole scriptures testify of the righteousness of Abraham. Well, why do we have Genesis 15, 6? So that Paul could write all about it in Romans chapter 4 and Romans chapter 10 and Galatians chapter 3 and James and James chapter 2. That's why. So that you can know that you are righteous by God's eternal justification and the legal transaction at the cross and making us righteous with a new nature and regeneration and we show all that by faith. And that's how it all works together. And we should be thankful with our father Abraham. He's the father of us all because we're of the faith of Abraham though we're not of the genealogy of Abraham. I cannot say more at this time. But I want you to rejoice in Abraham as your father in the faith. And God called Abraham to step outside and look at heaven. And there weren't any street lights. And there weren't any car lights. Now count the number of those stars if you can, which he couldn't. So shall thy seed be. And that little verse of Genesis 15, 6, and he believed in the Lord. And the Lord counted it to him for righteousness. The Lord has called you and me out today to look at the heavens and count the stars in this way. God has given a record of His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who was born, lived 33 and a half years in this world, laid down His life for the sins of His people, rose from the dead after three days and three nights, showed Himself alive by many infallible proofs, and sits at the right hand of God. Believest thou this? And the Lord counts it to us for righteousness. It doesn't make us righteous. We've been righteous since before the world began in the eternal purpose of God, but it shows us to be righteous, and it's the evidence of it. This is our understanding. And yet that faith is not a momentary decision. It is a continuing faith. Notice that it says in verse 22, 
He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able also to perform, and therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. This description of faith here in verses 18 through 21 is years after Genesis 15, 6. It tells us when it was. When he was a hundred years old, verse 19, and being not weak in faith, he considered not his body now dead when he was about a hundred years old. Twenty years after Genesis 15, he was still a believer, even though he couldn't see the effect of the, or the results of the promise yet. He was being tried. And we're being tried. Are you still a believer today? Are we going to be a greater believer when this day ends? That's our prayer. Let's be like our father Abraham. I want you, I sent you a timeline yesterday. I sent you a detailed descriptive timeline in paragraph format. I want you to understand Abraham and his faith and when he was justified. Abraham was justified before the world began when God made a covenant with the second Adam before he ever made a covenant with the first Adam. Before the foundation of the world and before there was an Adam and Eve, God made a covenant with the Lord Jesus Christ who was ordained to come into this world in the fullness of time and lay down his life for his people. And Abraham was in that number. That is eternal justification. God has always viewed the elect in the Lord Jesus Christ. Harmless, without blame, without guilt, without sin, in love. He's loved us with an everlasting love. The Lord Jesus Christ paid the full legal price for that eternal justification on the cross of Calvary. And when we hear the gospel and we believe it, that doesn't make us righteous. It doesn't change our status in heaven any more than it changed Abraham's status in Genesis 15, 6. Not a thing happened in heaven when Abraham believed God in Genesis 15, 6. That's why there's only given a few words to it because it's really an inconsequential event. It is noted by the Spirit of God for your comfort today. That, that wasn't even written for 400 years later by Moses. It was a small event in Abraham's life. Abram, by faith, had already left Ur of the Chaldees and left to move to a country that didn't even know where it was. He had already taken on four kings from Mesopotamia with 318 trained servants. Right. He had already built altar, altars and worshipped God throughout the land of Canaan. He had already paid tithes to Melchizedek, the priest of the Most High God, and Melchizedek had blessed Abram. Now, do you think he was not a justified man when all those things took place? You're grossly mistaken. All that happened in Genesis 15, 6, is Abraham believed God in one more step of his life, along with a thousand other events just like it. But God noted that one so that our beloved brother Paul, when he had to deal with Jewish legalists in the book of Romans, would have some material that is precious indeed. So that they could go back and see that it's Genesis 15, where he was declared righteous, Genesis 17, where he circumcised his family, and it would be another 400 years before the law came. So obviously, Abraham was made just by a totally different mechanism than the law of Moses or the circumcision rite of the Jews. And we have the same privilege. We are like our father Abraham. That's why Paul uses Abraham so much. Even when he's writing the churches of Galatia, which were primarily Gentiles, it's all about Abraham. And do you know who the seed of Abraham is? It's the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And if by faith and baptism you're in the Lord Jesus Christ today, then you're Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Amen. According to the verses 27 through 29 of Galatians 3. 
Oh, I want you to see it plainly. Wars have been fought over justification. The difference between us and Pope Francis about how a man is justified, the difference between us and Martin Luther about how a man is justified, the difference between us and Bob Jones University and how we are justified, wars have been fought. Do you understand Genesis 15, 6? I'm not angry with you. I'm just excited about the truth and I'm angry against all the error and lies that have stolen the glory from God Almighty who chose us in Jesus Christ before the world began. And our high Calvinist brothers before us in the the nation of England that understood these things and preached them. We want to preach and we want to understand them. Romans 4 is wonderful. And my father started off this morning in our prayer meeting in the back room with Psalm 32 where it's blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. It's a great blessedness that God chooses not to impute sin to those men, but to impute their sins to Jesus Christ. Amen. And you know, by the time you get to Romans 10, where we're going to be this morning, we've already been through Romans 4, Romans 5, the doctrine of representation, Romans 9, the doctrine of election. We shouldn't have any problem with understanding what is there. We just want to rejoice in it. But I'll tell you the bottom line of today's morning service is this. You have been called outside to look at the stars. Do you believe the record that God has given of His Son? Do you believe it with all your heart? Do you lay hold of it so much that it changes your life? Have you continued in that faith? And will you continue in it? And will you bring forth good works to show that faith? Because 35 years after Genesis 15, Abraham offered Isaac on an altar on Mount Moriah. And it was there that he was justified by works because it confirmed that his faith was truly sincere And I ask you this day, what is your Isaac that you need to take to an altar and sacrifice? Or how many Isaacs do you have that you need to sacrifice to prove that you are just before God? You're not going to get just that way. That's Genesis 22. When James says that Abraham was justified by works. That's not when you get just, that's how you show it. And so I hope that today, in this first assembly... You'll believe the record God's given of His Son. You'll examine yourself to figure out what Isaacs you have that need to be offered on an altar with a knife and burn them up. And we'll show ourselves righteous in the sight of God. And may God by His Holy Spirit increase our assurance and comfort and confidence in that fact. I'm thankful to be with you this morning. I'm not angry at you. I am so tired of so many lies, but the world is filled with lies. And men love lies rather than truth. And I hope that we'll all love the truth and be so thankful to God for opening our eyes to see precious things in His Word and getting the horse before the cart instead of the other way around, as so many do. Let us pray. Glorious God in heaven, the God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, but, O Lord, the God of Abraham, the friend of Abraham, the God, the Most High God of Melchizedek, the King and Priest of Salem, we come before Thy holy throne and beg for Your mercy upon us this day. Holy Father, without Thee, we can do nothing. Without Thee, we cannot believe. Without Thee, we cannot be converted. Without Thee, we will not be convicted. Without Thee, we will not examine ourselves and see those Isaacs those agags that need to be slain. Heavenly Father, bless us this day to examine our lives and turn our hearts more perfectly and fully unto Thee that we might walk with Thee as Abraham our father did. We thank Thee 
for the clear timeline that you've given of the life of Abraham, for us to know when he was justified, that is, before the world began, and he was that justification was paid for at the cross of Calvary, and it was simply evidenced and shown by his righteous character in Genesis 15, 6, when he believed your stupendous promise that so would his seed be. And Heavenly Father, we're his seed this day through Jesus Christ our Lord. And we thank thee for seeing that. We do not look to the eastern end of the Mediterranean Sea to see the seed of God and the seed of Abraham. We look to the Lord Jesus Christ and all those that are in him. And we bless and praise your holy name for choosing us in Christ Jesus according to your own purpose and grace before the world began. Heavenly Father, open the scriptures to us today. Take from our hearts and our minds all the things that distract us and deceive us and weight us down and lift us up by the power of the Holy Spirit that our worship will be acceptable in thy sight and that it will stir each other up and that we will be blessed by being in the house of the Lord this day. Oh, Father, we're so thankful. Abraham traveled to Bethel and he called it the house of God, but we are in the true house of God. And we're thankful for the church that you've given us. And we're thankful for the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ that has given us faith. We're thankful for his obedience in his life, his submission to your will at his death, and his power in raising himself from the dead after three days and three nights. We're thankful that he sits at thy right hand and that the mystery of godliness is without a doubt a glorious thing, without controversy. Father in heaven, be with us now. Bless our singing. Bless the preaching. Bless the scripture reading. Bless our fellowship. Bless our praying that it will all come up into thy presence. And, O Lord, smile upon us. Forgive us our sins of this week. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Purify our hearts and our hands. And let us show forth thy righteousness this day. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.